Good. Yeah, he is. All the time. To him. Well, before we begin today, uh, we've got a special treat. There's a couple of uh, gentlemen being Father's Day. We want to highlight men today. Men, welcome in the service. Uh, We're going to have a good day today. To uh, intro our uh, Father's Day message and service today, I've got a couple of gentlemen who I've uh, known for all of their lives, and two of uh, their very best friends, they've known each other their entire lives. They're filled with wisdom and dad jokes. So please help me welcome old man Eli and Uncle Jack to the stage. Right up here, fellas. Thank you for being here today. The stage is yours. And I'm Uncle Jack. And some dad jokes. That's good. What do you call a fish with two knees? A two-knee fish. What do you call a laughing motorcycle? A Yamaha ha ha. Need an arc? I know a guy. Who is the best babysitter in the Bible? David, because he rocks Goliath to sleep. Who is the shortest person in the Bible? Nehemiah. the best comedian in the Bible? Samson, because he brought the house down. That was fantastic. I tell you, man, how many of you love dad jokes? Dads, is it, it's a real thing, isn't it? Our dad jokes. We're pretty funny guys, aren't we? Even if our wives and kids don't think we're funny, we're funny. Well, those guys were hilarious. I mean, words of wisdom right there. Thank you, Eli. I mean, old man Eli and Uncle Jack. Uh, Let's pray. God, we ask that you move in us today and speak your word directly to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. 
before I begin, although I already began, um, is I want to uh, just recognize Chris and Linda Lee and the family that are here with us. Uh, they have, they're good friends of both Katie and I, and some of you know them. They were here, what, eight years ago, or they left somewhere around there, and then they come back. And so it's, it's good to have my good friend and Chris and Linda and Chastity and Justin and the family back, and I just want to say, Hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to working out with you again, buddy, you know, so we had some good times together. Now I better expect to see you in church every single week now, you know that. We can do that to each other. Hey, guys, this service is for you. Men, um, I'm glad you're here. It's a good thing that you're in church. Not just today, but in church. Your family needs you. Your kids need you. I need you as a pastor. This church needs you. We need you. We need strong men in our church. And this is, uh, we're going to have fun today. Uh, I think we're going to find out how important the role of men is, how important your role is. In fact, there's two goals, two objectives today. And that's number one is to have, uh, uh, to remember how important your role is as a man. Number two, we typically have one objective, but today there's two. Your objective as a role as a man, how important that is. And num- uh, number two is women, this is to you, to remember how important the role is of a man. It's important. And I think that somehow in some way our culture has kind of lost the importance of men in our society. And it's kind of a challenging place to be a man in today's culture. In this service today, it's, it's going to be more of a topical versus a textual uh, 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 sermon. Today we're going to be talking on the topic of men, and that's almost counter-culture. I believe that uh, as a church we need to be culturally relevant, but that also means that we shouldn't be afraid of being counter-culture at the same time. So we're going to be talking a little bit of a counter-culture message today might be a little uncomfortable but i think there are biblical principles that men are not living out in today's culture and we kind of need to at least be aware of what's happening and the erosion of the place of the man i'm not just talking about fathers i'm talking about men in our society and we're headed down a dangerous path I don't want to see you lose or feel pressured to give up what God has made you to be. To be a man. It's no secret, guys, that it's, uh, it's, it can be hard, right, to celebrate being a man in today's culture. It can be difficult uh, because you're really under attack, just you being a man. It's uh, receiving fire. And whether you recognize it or not, it's, it is a reality and it's something that you are facing. You may not totally uh, see it, but it is there. Now, I want to just kind of give a precursor to women in the service today that this is not something that we are attacking women or that men are better than women uh, and that God loves men and women equally and cherishes and love men and women equally. But the role of a man is different than a woman. So when we talk about this, and we're not talking politically, but the politics or the culture has involved itself into biblical principles as such as gender roles, 
we hear that word gender roles, we think, uh-oh, now we're starting to talk outside of what the church should be talking about. But that's not true because God says a lot about gender roles. And it has nothing to do with the value of one person over the other. The value is equal. We're equally the same, we're equally loved, and we have equal importance, and we have a job to do. And those jobs are just a little bit distinct. In your favor and in our favor, there's different things that you have to complement one another. And there's two gifts I want to give, give to you today. Number one is root beer floats. Guys, we get root beer floats at the end of the service. Number two, I'm going to preach this message in under 30 minutes. So I've got 29 minutes, so this is for you today. 29 minutes. I'm making that commitment to you, so hang on. So we might go a little bit fast, and things might speed up near the end. But guys, it's important for you to know your role. Just as important for wives for your husband to know his role. Just as important for your sons that you know what your role is. And daughters, that they that you know what your role is. And so this message is directed towards us guys. Guys, this is for us. But women, you probably need to hear this more than men do. And if you have sons, you need to have your ears in tune to this. And if you have daughters, well, we're just going to pray for you. Because let's face it, guys, fathers, when it comes to daughters at a certain age, we kind of say, honey, it's up to you. I have no idea what to do when she's doing this, right? And if you have daughters at the age of like, uh, you know, going on into high school, uh, we'll just take up an offering for you. Let's just say that. I just need you to hear this. We need to hear this. I need to hear this. And so preparing this message, I needed to hear what it means to be a man, a man of God. Not just a man, but a man of God. Because there's so many things that's shouting at us of what a man is and what a man, man isn't. And it's really some things that are tearing things apart. Now, I want to talk about what the role of a man is and how you are under attack. Not just in our culture, but spiritually. Because if Satan can erode and destroy the head of the home, then things begin to crumble. Correct? If Satan can come in and destroy the male, the father, the, the husband, the man of the house, things begin to erode. We live in a culture today that really does not champion the role of men. We live in a culture that applauds men who flaunt feminine qualities. It's just where we're at. And we support women who parade masculinity. Gender roles are starting to just start having a, a blurred line. Men are told to be more sensitive and women are told to be more tough and tenacious. This isn't to make fun of or to separate in any way, but it's just a reality of us where we're at and what we are pressured into thinking and believing and our role is to be. And you as men, we need to know that being strong and being tough is what God calls us to be. It doesn't necessarily mean being meaner or angrier, but in fact being strong and tough in with that love that God has in you to look, to lead your home, to lead your life, to lead your family in a way that Christ did as he loved the church, gave himself up for the church, for you and I. So in that way, Jesus came to serve and not be served. So as us, as leaders, we don't dominate, nor do we control, but we serve with our leadership. 
So by saying that man is a leader of the home is no way saying that men are more important or make all the rules or all that. We are supporting and loving and leading our family by serving them. But our roles, I think at a very young age right now, it's very scary for me to think about Jackson just being raised in a world that is beginning to undermine men, manhood, masculinity, making that sound like testosterone is a bad thing for men to have. Boys being confused about in the school system, just trying to figure out the locker rooms or Boy Scouts. Boys <laughs> in Boy Scouts. Men are undervalued in the home and ignoring fatherless homes is destructive to say the least. The court systems have at times been extremely discriminating. Boys are in crisis. And the stats are just there and they're astounding. And boys are twicely or twice as more likely to be diagnosed with ADHD than girls are. Boys represent 70% of the D's and F's in the school system. 11th grade boys now write at the same level as 8th grade girls. Boys are four, four times more likely to commit suicide than girls are. Four times. Boys are five times more likely to end up in juvenile detention. The majority of boys will become victims of violent crimes. 62% of homeless are men. This is just gearing towards men. And now what happens if we live in a society where the father is not represented in our culture in the homes? It's extremely destructive. Your role as a father, I'm talking to dads now, your role as a father cannot be replaced. It's important for a young girl or a young boy to have a father. I know that that's really not culturally or politically correct to say that. And I want to say that if you're a single mother in here, God does come in and step in to be the father to the fatherless. And thank goodness that we can call upon God to fill in those needs spiritually. And we can lead our young boys and young girls when we don't have a father in the home that will represent. To be a representation in the home. But 90% of all homelessness or homeless and runaway children, 90% are from fatherless homes. 90%. These are stats that are just broad. You can go look these up and there's tons more. 85% of of children who show behavior disorders came from fatherless home. 85%. These are all 75%. In fact, these are all 80% and higher statistics. I've only got a couple more. But 85% of all youths in prison come from fatherless homes. 85%. 80% of rapists Come from fatherless homes. We have a crisis in our culture where fathers are devalued. And I'm just going to be honest that single parenthood or single mothers are celebrated. Because they're strong and they're courageous and they're doing it on their own. Yes, I understand that that's good. And there's circumstances that, that, have, that were out of your control to have a father in the home. And that's tragic. And we're not saying that that is unimportant that you're not doing a good job. But we shouldn't be celebrating a single parent home. And if there's not a father in the home, then we need to bring some sort of fatherly influence into our kids' lives. Because it's extremely important. 
your role, your job, as a man, you are, va- you are very, very, very important into our culture. Into people's lives. It's a very real thing. And right now, we are beginning to see a shift and a change in our culture to seeing the importance of men in our society. We are beginning to see this. The importance of, of you guys, us men, being men. How I many of you know we have a lot of males in our culture, but we don't have a whole lot of men? So being a man is different than being a male. There's something that is different. Maturity. And see, we have a society that says, well, you're in the 18, you become a man. Well, I know a lot of 18-year-olds, and some of us know a lot of 30-year-olds that are still boys. They haven't grown up yet. They're just not there. We need people, we need guys who are going to stand up, be strong, not in themselves, but in the Lord, and act like men. And I think that we have come in this way of teaching and raising our kids that have been destructive only that because we've been taught to raise boys or or kids differently than in our history. You see, in the industrial age, or when that happened, the family began to change drastically. You know, back before this, men sat around the campfire with their sons and daughters, especially their boys. In fact, we see that in the Native American culture still today, right? We raised up boys. The men showed the, the boys how to hunt. They spent time with them from the day that they were, they were uh, young and be able to train them how to make a fire, how to track, how to, how to hunt, how to ride a horse, how to prepare for battle. And there was a continual process. And then they come to an age when they've learned all of this stuff. Now they go prove themselves and go live out in the, uh, go to the mountaintop for a few days. And then they come back and they, and they put on them this, uh, the, this, uh, this manhood you're a man now you've been taught you've been trained you've, you've proven yourself and they gain a name that is associated with being a man who's being who's brave and tough and can handle it we have gone away from that it's just our culture and our society what happens and it's still like this the majority of the time is that the guys go to work 10 hours a day they come home the mom stays at home or or has dropped off at the babysitter and then the guy spends a couple hours at home with the kids and they don't really know how to interact and lead and raise up kids it's not your fault it's just that it's harder for us to pour into our kids into our children and to demonstrate what it's like boys to be a man in our society in our culture and i think that we have we have turned the internal what it means to be a man and we have said if you possess these outward things then you're a man and i think it's become almost utterly ridiculous although that we are teaching them and training them in the good areas of those things of being polite and you open the door for a woman and you and then you give them flowers that that's what a man does yes that's what a man does but that's not what proves you to be a man because there could be a boy that comes along my daughter's life who is not a man yet and possesses man traits, opens the door, gives her flowers, pays for her meal. But that doesn't mean that he's going to treat her like a man should.
It's heartbreaking. Guys, you're under attack. From the sitcoms that we see on TV that are just making fun. Joking at the, at the dads. The male role. But God has a lot to say about you and he values you and calls you to be a man. Jackson um, has this book. I go to the library and I study and uh, he'll go to the library and pick out books. And he he picked out this one called The Dangerous Book for Boys. Have you seen this? You read this book? It's actually really quite fantastic about knot tying, it's about like navy flags, it's about constellations, about epic battles in history, it's about how to build a tree fort and how to build a car, a uh, goat cart, but you know what, he, there's a marker in here, in fact he's got this page num- memorized, you want me to tell you what this is, dangerous book for boys, page 109, all you need to know about girls. Should I read one of these to you? Guys, you want to know about girls? Wives, if you're in here today, you're like, yes, please read that. My husband needs to know some of these things. Okay, I'll just read one. There's several of these, but here's just one, okay? And see if this is true. I think it's pretty good advice. But advice about girls. Number one, it's important to listen. I've got one that's clapping, and that happens to be my wife. It's important to listen. Human beings are often very self-centered and like to talk about themselves. In addition, it's an easy easy subject if someone is nervous. It's good advice to listen closely. Unless she also has been given this advice, in which case an uneasy silence could develop like two owls sitting together. So, good advice, listen, and uh, raising dangerous boys. A guide for raising dangerous boys. Dangerous book for boys. I think there's a, there's a book for us men, and it's called the Bible. God's word is teaching you to be dangerous and to live dangerously in our culture and our society. And I'm not talking about leading our homes and leading your family by making the bigger paycheck, right? That's, that has nothing to do with manhood. If you have a wife that works and she makes that money, then you better be praising Jesus for that. Right? That's a good thing. That's a blessing. That's not something that should be emasculating to you because it's not. It's totally different. If you're a married woman who makes good, sound decisions, honor that. We're not controlling and saying, well, I have the best decisions because of it. No. God's given you a helpmate. She's good. She, you, she, he may have blessed you with... Uh, a woman who has very wise counsel, very wise decisions. She may be successful in the business world and can lead many, many people. That's a blessing. And that has nothing to do with you being a man or leading the home. This is outside of it. Jackson is uh, in uh, baseball right now. We kind of got roped into, I say Katie and I and Joey, we are um, coaching Jackson's baseball team which is a lot of fun. They have the pitching machine. He's nine years old. And so we've got these eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds and um, some 10, a couple 10-year-olds. And this has been a blast. And we've got into this position because we had an email that said, hey, we're looking for some coaches 
In fact, it wasn't that nice. It was like, we need coaches. You know, and I called and said, hey, I can be an assistant coach. She said, we got about 20 assistant coaches. We need one coach. And, you know, it was just kind of like, okay, sign me up after talking with Katie. I'm like, I don't know. I've never coached baseball before. But we get these boys together. We're, we're uh, going to coach this team. And there were, it was so much fun, and it's great now. A lot of pressure, a lot of stress, especially when we're losing. We want to, you know, we want to win. We find ourselves uh, in a stressful situation. We have to turn to each other and laugh because we feel the pressure of wanting these boys to win. Um, but teaching them good principles at the very beginning. And I'm going to relate these principles that we're teaching in our coaching these um, kids that we're doing right now to today's three principles. So number one, I told the boys, I'm going to tell you, is have fun. Number one, boys, you better be having fun, right? Number two, we're going to be good sports. We're just going to cheer on the other team when they make a good play. This is fun. We're going to cheer them on, and we're going to cheer each other on, and we're not going to talk negatively about anybody. And we're going to, we're going to be nice to the umpire and the other, everybody else. We're going to be good sports. We're teaching that. And number three, we're going to work hard. We're going to work our tails off. We are going to um, run drills. We're going to work on the, on the hot sun. And we're going we're to make sure we're practicing our throws and, and catches and all those sorts of things. So these are the three things that I am, we are going to go over today about what it means to be a man. And I think that these principles apply. But since I'm teaching boys these principles and you're men, we're going to reverse this because men think differently and have different responsibility than boys do, even when it comes to baseball. So applying the baseball methods to us as men and developing is simply the same three ideas or principles of manhood, but we're flipping it. So, number one for boys is to have fun. That's number one for men. In fact, it's just the opposite. The last thing that boys do is to work hard, but that's the first thing that a man needs to do. Right? So we're going to look at this, and this is a biblical principle. And we do this because there's a transition in our life. And as a boy, you, you had fun, and we enjoyed life, and that's still a part of being a man, but it's not the most important thing. First Corinthians 13, we are working hard, and it says this, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. When I became, when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. There are some males who are hanging and clinging on to childish ways, immature thoughts, immature actions, immature reasoning. And God says, you need to give up some of those things and start acting like a man. First Corinthians 16, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like a man. We don't like to hear that. Guys, we got to start acting like men. And I'm thankful to look around and see men in our church. But I want to celebrate that manliness inside of you. Be strong. It's okay to be strong. And let all that you do, do it in love. Let it be done in love. You can be loving and be strong at the same time. Be confident in who you are in love. We work hard. Number one, men need to work hard. You are designed and you are created to work. From Adam and Eve, God has given Adam the responsibility to work, to name the animals, to cultivate the soil. Gave him the sense of fulfillment by working and using the hands. 
The most destructive things that, thing that a husband can do in his fam- family for his wife or a father can do for his children is to be a lazy man. It just erodes your headship. If there's a man that's sleeping on the couch instead of out working, you are eroding your leadership in the home. And then that's a very practical tool, but it's a biblical principle. In Colossians 3, whatever you do, work wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, enthusiastically, as for the Lord and not for men. You see, a lot of us work for men, and it's not always easy, and it's tough. And because we work in a business world, and it's difficult to get to work sometimes, but you're there, and I applaud you for that. And that's what a man does. A child says, I don't feel like going into work today. In fact, I don't feel like going to work at all and make excuses to not provide. The fun has become their number one, or should I say, remained. Now, working can be a joy if we have the right perspective as who we are actually working for. In baseball references, I say, guys, we're going to work hard. you got to get into the game. Get your head right. Play that position that you've trained for. And when it's time to bat, you swing away. You practice for this day. You have worked hard for this moment. Know where your role is. Know where second base is. Know where first base is. Know what you need to do. And you're going to succeed in that because you know what your part is, what you're playing. You have practiced for this. You know this. You know where the play is going to be. Keep your eyes up. These are all things that we say to our boys. And it's reminded me of what men do. They're staying alert. They know what's coming their way. And when something comes their way, they take action and they throw the ball and they make the play. We run after it. No lie, this last week, our last game that we had, our pitcher, poor little kid, he's a great kid, but he's just distracted like many eight-year-olds would be. He's digging for worms. I'm like, hey, eyes up, man. I don't want you getting beamed by a ball that's coming. Keep your eyes up. Be ready. Be focused. Be intentional. And when and you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. There's going to be days at work where you're winning. There's going to be days at work when you're losing. Or felt like you've lost. But every time, through it all, these boys have learned that through the stress, and it's stressful when the ball comes their way, and the pressure of making the play and throwing that ball. But every time after the game, they've had fun. Because they were prepared and they were able to respond and they were able to work as a team and they were able to react. And every time, whether they win or lose, but especially when they win, they enjoy themselves because they are put to work. Charles Spurgeon, one of the um, best preachers in our time, said this. Some occupation is necessary to happiness. Lazy people would not even enjoy Eden itself. A, a perfect man is a working man, a working man, a man who has his hands. And I'm not necessarily just talking about in the workforce. Can I say that? A working man is someone who is uh, has his gifts, has his talents and contributes into his ability to lead the home and whatever that may be. And that could be more time at home. And that's a blessing if you have that. In fact, I think our men need more time at home with our kids and work. It's good. It builds confidence. It builds you as the leader of your home. Number two, it's the same. 
be a good sport. Philippians 2.14, do all things without grumbling or questioning, right? I mean, that's a good one. For, that's an easy one for us guys to remember. It's an easy one for us to memorize. We just got to do this without grumbling or questioning. Men don't pout. Men don't throw tantrums or shouldn't. Men don't blame the other team for their loss. Men don't hang their heads and give up. Men take responsibility for their actions, good and bad. Men see a need for change and they do something about it. They don't just sit around and complain about it. God says, be men, be strong, be responsible. You're tough. You can handle it. There's going to be some days that are good, some days that are, that are tough. You're going to make some good decisions and bad, bad decisions. Here you go, guys. Own up to them and move on. Change from it. Learn from it. You're going to be stronger because of it. Number three, have fun. Celebrate it. Celebrate being manly. Wives, talking to you, your men, your man loves to be a man. Celebrate his uniqueness. Encourage him in his role. Tell him that you love him for who he is. Deep down inside, there's probably some insecurities that have been there and he's wrestling with. And we don't like to say that there's insecurities in us. Men just don't. We like to say we're strong and tough, but we're really, we battle that every day. Wives, they need you. They need your words of encouragement, your embrace, the assurance of, babe, I trust you. Babe, you've got this. Honey, you're tough. You can get through this. Honey, I I support you. Whatever that is, we need that. Right, guys? We need that affirmation. We just do. And it it can be without words. It can be with action. Of course, the five love languages. But appreciate the man in your life that you have. Celebrate the traits that you have. Be it. Be that man. Live in the strength of manliness. It's good. God made you tough. And He's making you tougher. God made you to possess courage and fortitude. Be the man who you know that you can be. That God is creating you the strength inside you with the dominating aspect of love in your life. Love for God first. Love for your family. And then the pursuit of serving them in the way that Christ has served. That's the number one way you are to lead your home. And I've had this question before, and I've got three minutes left. I'm kind of ending early. The number one question that I get from guys is, how do I lead my home? And outside of these three principles, I'll just tell you blatantly and honestly, and it's probably too simple, but it's, I like things simple. The number one way that you can lead your home and is this. Grow with God personally guys i think that we say we hear lead your home is do devotions with your wife pray with your kids at bed lead the prayer over at dinner it has nothing to do with it it's parts of that i should say but that's not the totality of it and that's really not where it begins that is the out the overflow it's what's already inside right it's trying to stop doing those things that we should do and start doing the things that mean something inside of us so that those things that we should do just happen naturally growing spiritually in your life growing in your faith prayer are you personally spending time in prayer are you personally crying out to god are you personally being open and honest with god with where you're at 
Are you personally open with God and saying, this is where my struggles are, this is where my sins are, this is where my weaknesses are, and I'm just giving it to you, God? Are you developing that continual uh, relationship with God through prayer? And of course, number two, it's getting into God's word. It doesn't have to be a certain amount. It doesn't have to be the, the year in the Bible. It can be that you meditate on one verse that means a lot to you for a month. I will release you on that. And what that means, unpacking that for you and mulling that over. Maybe it is reading for a year. Maybe it is reading for 20 minutes every day. Something that is growing and challenging your faith. Because when you do this, your family will follow. It's a natural course that God has already set up. They will just follow by your example, by your leadership, by your headship. The spiritual will encourage them to grow. And then in that, the, because when you're growing, it just comes out of you. They notice it. They see it. And the desires of your heart begin to change because they're lined up with God's desires. And it's no longer your desires, but the desires God put inside you that just begins to come out. And you, as the leader of the home, begin to serve your family in that way. In a new form. Guys, I want to say thank you for being men. Thank you for the challenge of being here today because this is what godly men do is they come and they learn and they're challenged to be more like Christ. And we have a long ways to go and we always will. And I want to say your family needs you, your kids need you, our, our church needs you, our community needs you, our world needs you. And we need to celebrate the fact that you are uniquely you and God has designed you the way that you are and it's different and your role is different. And I appreciate you. I appreciate your strength. I believe the strength of the church really is directed by the strength of the men in our church. Let's be leaders. Let's be strong together. Let's stand. I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray for you personally. And I want to pray for us together as we figure out what this is to lead because everybody's different in their roles in their home. But God has still called us to the same direction to lead our homes, to lead your life with God as He strengthens you. God, I ask for a covering over every single man in this place. Lord, to love like you have loved. That we can put away the things that need to be put away and continue to pursue you in strength, in boldness, in confidence, in the role that you have asked us to live in. In your strength and not ours. In your ability put inside of us. Help us, O oh God, and all that we do as men to submit to you and your leadership and to serve those around us. I pray a special blessing for the fatherless homes. God, you see the, the homes that don't have a father. I pray a special blessing over the women here who need that influence in their lives, who have desperately searched and called out for you and are brokenhearted about that because they know the importance of them. Jesus, fill the void that is there. Fill the hole with your spirit, Jesus. Continue to give them encouragement and strength. Lord, protect those kids in Jesus' name. We commit our lives to you. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Happy Father's Day.